What's up? How's everybody doing? Welcome to the brand new Slab Bodyboarding Podcast, a show where we talk about all things bodyboarding. We've also slipped in a few other things just to keep it fresh. We've got some seriously cool guests lined up this season, so sit back and relax and enjoy the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Thunderbomb Surf Camp in northern Nicaragua. Set in an uncrowded wave paradise, Thunderbomb offers an all-inclusive experience, providing great food, service, and a unique attention to detail. They've also got wicked waves. Use discount code SLAB23 to get 10% off your stay. Check out their website, which is www.thunderbombsurf.com. For now, though, let's get into it. To kick things off, I'm talking to Seamus Shambles McGoldrick. This Irish big wave charger has experienced just about everything that wave riding has to offer. His stories go from the darkest moments and near-death experiences to the total elation of being the first bodyboarder to tow in at Mullingmore. His energy is infectious, but more than that, he's warm, engaging, humble, and just all around an excellent dude. Yeah, so should we kick it off then? Excellent. Fantastic. <laughs> It gets really weird now. Like you're like, oh shit! No, no, no. Listen, I'm just gonna do one thing. I'm gonna just like yeah. turn around. So I'm not digging the um, vibes, and um, <laughs> that just, just worked nicely. And then I have this absolutely sick. Check this out, bro. Oh, that's a Danny Kim. Oh, check out the rails in this thing. Scal scalp rails. Oh man. Yeah, stand up, Luke. So, yeah, it's, I, it's hard to see. Is, that's not one of his new ones, or is it a, the? Is that an original? It's um, Mike has put them online now. Uh, yeah, true, true. My UK distributors. So like, you know, I got the, I got the. Um, how's this the lighting situation there? Yeah, it's all good, mate. Don't stress. Uh, well, no, I'm, not, I'm not a little bit of a perfectionist, but not much. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> a little um i got a little light there as well so um it's a bit better yeah it's all good all right man it's all good yeah that that so that's one of the, danny's new boards yeah it's it says bsd on it and it's got danny kim's signature um and like i was just ordering so, some some boogs off um science uk yeah and i was like Man, I need to get me a son of boo because I've been trying to like I do bodyboard lessons, yeah. And, like I'm just chilling with the bodyboard, like, and I'm just like catching white water and just messing around trying to pop up. Yeah, and I got one or two, and I was like, whoa, you know, I'm getting a lot better stand up there from the last couple of years, and yeah. now I'm like, let's get a 47 inch boo that's like three inches thick, and I'm like, I haven't actually surfed it yet, so pretty excited. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We did um the Welsh Bodyboarder Club did a, a, a podcast with Danny Kim. No way. Um, I'll check the other side. I, I'll, I'll reshare it as well. On my, I have a few. Um, I'm trying to do my social media. You know yourself. <laughs> a time consumer, right? Yeah, ah, I love it, man. I I love just talking to people and meeting, like, yeah, just sharing stuff that I find interesting. But um, yeah, I do, I do a lot of written articles. Like, I I quite like the the written word. Um, yeah which is important as well yeah um, it, but like all this stuff is really helping 
I wouldn't say body wording come back because I've had conversations with Hub. I, I actually did an interview with him. Yeah. And COVID, but, uh, but I was interviewing um, Ian Campbell when he when he won that crazy pipeline event. Yeah. And um, I always say like you know, you know when the nuclear blast happens or whatever, and Skynet like you know takes over, like body boarding's gonna be that cockroach that just crawls out under the rock. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Only one way up from the bottom, bro. Like it, it's you know you can't get rid of it. Like you can well, it'll always be there. Yeah. It's a virus. It's the real virus. Yeah. That that what Body Morning Club podcast has done. We've we've had we've done we've had an interview with Ian Campbell. We had Hub and Dub. Uh, we've had Danny Kim. Dub is some character, huh? Yeah, he's really good, really good. Just wow. um, yeah, it's all good. I would love to be able to write, but my attention span is just zero. Oh, well, we, could, we could work together and blah blah blah. And like, look, I'll, I'll, if you, we stay in touch now, and you send me some links. I try and feed stuff out, like I try and share body warning articles, updates. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of a feedback thing. The more people that do, you know, with your yeah. and surfing, obviously in the, in the Olympics, and surfing's exploded, man. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. Surfboard sales in Australia went up eight hundred percent last year. Jesus, so that's crazy. Uh, you know, and I think like uh, another little quick thing. Sorry, I want to want to say is that like you know we went through years. I'm sure in South Africa there was. Know, acrimony, maybe we should call it, you know, between surface and body wars. It never really took off or never really existed in Ireland. It was quite a cool, little, unique vibe. But like now, what I've been told by Australian people who live here is that, like, you know, now those like, you know, Creed McTaggart and these guys are sponsored by Slab or, yeah. um, you know, um, like they're out in the lineup on boogs and on mats and like. The whole vibe is like, well, like we're not going to be like our dads. They're out surfing their dads, and you know, it's all just like, yeah, increase the peace now, and that could be the next thing that's going to happen in surfing. Well, so so it's actually a question I was going to use in my podcast, but we can talk about it now. It's yeah. um, it's no, it, well, they're, look, they're, we will do what you want to do anyways, and I'm all yours, so don't let me over talk because I am a, I do talk shy for a living. <laughs> no, no, but but this this podcast is about you, not about me. So oh. like, I'll just just point point and shoot with questions and you can answer them and if they come up organically then that's even more cool so so like the the thing that i i don't know it's just me noticing it but there are so many riders that are um multi-dimensional so if if the wave dictates it they'll ride a bodyboard but if it doesn't they'll pick up a soft top or they'll pick up uh even a shortboard and as they get older they'll pick up longboarders i mean even guys like like Adam Wingnut Smith, he's riding a stand-up board now, but he'll still ride a bodyboard. Um, yeah, I've got a theory on that as well, and I think it's like nomenclature and words are very powerful. But like you know, the little soft boards are coming down in size, even for the surf schools. Down to like you know, five foot, four foot. They're basically just bodyboards. Yeah, with, with fins, fins on, on them. them. And like, don't forget, Tom Mori was a, an epic longboarder, Malibu. He was a longboard. Yeah. He wasn't a bodyboarder in that sense. And yeah. it's just like, you know, I was actually just out last night, this little kid with a bodyboard, little vision, kind of crappy one. I was like, got him into waves. I was like, looking at him all this. I was on my longboard, going like two foot. They go, oh, I can't surf. So I'm doing this. I was like, you are surfing. Like, if you're on a craft that moves by a wave, you are surfing. But like, stand up surfers kind of rob that label. Yeah. So, well, bodyboarding's not surfing, but that's absolutely false. And there's twice as many bodyboarders in the world 
as are our surfers. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are so many cross-dimensional or cross-craft riders now. Kano McGee, he rides stand-up, but he's still got jump on his bodyboard. Um, there's loads of them that are just... It's like bodyboarders have less hang-ups. Yeah. It's got less, like, they're like, whatever. Whereas, you know, there was that, like, 80s, 90s kind of, you know, hardcore surf, you know, surfing was exploding into competitions and these guys went like, well, fuck, I'm just going to stick to what I know. And, you know, yeah. we had that. That's the fucking 80s, bro. 2021, <laughs> man. You know? Um, yeah. It's just, only the last thing I'll say, this is kind of like, you know, I guess on the podcast, but kind of PG or whatever, but just like, you know, Mike Stewart, like, the problem with bodyboarding pretty much is everyone agrees on that I've talked to, like, you know, um, Maury Laverne, Alex Leon, Mike. The problem with bodyboarding is there was never a big rip curl or quicksilver or billabong. Even science, you know, like, you know, if science went, ah, did you? Like, you know, a hundred different small organic grassroots companies, which is all good, but you need that kind of super giant to fund you know, the tour or this or that. And you know, yeah, that's, that's about all, you know, you know that yourself, I guess, you know, it's just. Yeah. So, so that organically and kind of goes on to, so what are your feelings about outside industry sponsors? So for instance, like, I, th I think it was maybe a Tahiti <laughs> skins or a Tahiti competition. Like that was sponsored by Samsung. Even I think it was a surfing. Oh, it was a surfing competition. It was sponsored by Samsung. Um, yeah. Or you've had Corona come in and, and sponsor certain events. Like, like I'm what back. is... I'm all on for the beer sponsors, bro. <laughs> Get me the tour there. in Ireland, man, back in the <laughs> 90s, bro. 99, I remember it well. ETB, European Tour Bodyboarding, went around the country, sponsored by Coors Light, bro. Oh, man. And those guys, like, were on the dole in the north, drive down, to get their dole, drive up and get their dole, they're renting a house in, in Bundoran down south get the dole down south they're getting paid by cores and like hanging out on the cores model and free beer oh man there, there we go does That's... it get any better no definitely dole, not. free chicks free beer <laughs> glory years <laughs> yeah i remember watching some of those films from the like mid 90s late 90s and I was a, like a grom and just thinking, geez, the tour, it's, it's mostly like a drinking party with some bodyboarding attached, maybe, if they wake up. Yeah. Or, like if you're not hungover. That, this is an important point. But everyone laments the fact, oh, bodyboarding didn't go Quicksilver, didn't go this. And like, yeah, we had the partying and I'm sure there's a few people, you know, suffer with that. Um, you know, it wasn't like the surf tour where we had your Andy Irons and, you know, like, you know, it, it was still pretty, pretty solid. And everyone says, oh, we should we missed out on the money? And like, if we got the money, we were fucked. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're yeah. kind of dodged a bullet. And like, because when I talked to Tom Mori, he's so like, like cosmic, man. It's fucking, yeah. like, you know, he's really, um, he's not tapped either. He's, he's, he's 83 or four or five now. And he's still really mentally with it. Um, he just thinks competitions are just like toilet, like Not. you know. And um, do you think we need a competitive world tour? Crown yeah. champions? I don't disagree with that, but let's not let's not that be that hill that we die on. You know, we need to be yeah. like I remember the 
videos I, I grew up watching were like, you know, the timestamps from the camcorder on them, you know. Yeah. This kind of yeah. stuff. Like mega slabs and like, oh, just, you know yourself. Man. So, good so times. good. Yeah. The back of like the underground tapes. So I grew up on No Friends came about the same time, but it was the underground tapes, Wave Slaves. And those were all filmed on like. Well, that's just like, I, that's the reason I'm here. Those tapes made it to Ireland. Made it to like, <laughs> you know, how the fuck did them wind up in a small village in Ireland? Yeah. And then I get to, then like, you know, now I actually am, Fairly much, I won't, won't be name dropping or trying to bullshit it, but like, I'm friends with Pierre Louis, Amori, uh, Ben Player. I was actually there when he, when he died. He was going down this white tunnel, bro. I was talking to him. That's a gnarly story, I'll tell you that. Fucked up. Yeah. Then, I was on the on the 16th of March. On the 15th of March, nearly a year later, I was lying on the fucking rocks of Raleigh's. That's crazy. I was going to die. Was that Ben Player? That was his spleen, wasn't it? What happened there was he was at another spot, which is like a big air bowl, and he was just yeah. doing this Ben Player thing, but he, he landed repeatedly on his got like internal injuries. Yeah. Then he walked to Riley's, and me and Tom Gillespie were in the water, pumping six foot Riley's, smiling at her, going like, getting fucking tubed off or fucking nuts, like disgusting, disgusting stuff, like um, getting, you know, like, I was all right. And then we're just like, oh my God, Ben Player's going to be out now. This is like dreams come true. Ben was walking out to Riley's and it's super slippy and he slipped and he did this and that whatever little tiny cut he had it opened it started oh, internal man. bleeding it was so scary man he went just from just started getting really tired and weak and started lying down we eventually came in because like Jimmy Mitchell was there my friend Barry was there and uh, he was dying that's what was happening and we were like what happened to Ben? Like, and he and we're like, oh Ben, we might ring like the ambulance. He's like, no, fuck no, I walk out, I walk out, and he walked a few steps and just started like kneeling down. And like, you know, it's really scary because we didn't know what was happening. We were yeah, because it's of, there's there's no symptom or anything. No, we rang Peter Conroy. He's like our safety guru. Um, he just goes, is this happening? Is his bleeding, bleeding labored, or is his eye dilated, or whatever he was saying? A couple of a real basic thing. He's a paramedic. He goes, ring the, ring the fucking helicopter. And we rang it. And um, this is a gnarly story. I went up to him because I, I didn't know him. At that stage, and I would have been real, like... Yeah, starstruck. Really starstruck. And I was like, you know, I don't want to burn this guy's ear. But, like, everyone's kind of, like, on the phone and fucking freaking out. And no one was actually, like, kind of sitting there talking to him. And I went up to him. I was like, hey, Ben. He's like... Uh, uh, uh. I was like, um, yeah, so yeah, man, I remember remember you in that, um, what was that, fit, not 50 50, Jungle Boogie. I was track, whatever. Anyway, I was talking total shite and like, um, I was like getting nervous. So I started talking even you know, faster. I was like, oh, you're my biggest hero, man. And, blah, blah. and he's just like, uh, uh, uh. I was just like, oh, like maybe his back sore or something. And then I was like, oh, I'm definitely like burning his ear. Uh, but I kept, just chatting away to him because everyone was kind of fucking freaking out. The helicopter's coming and fucking shit like that. And then I read in some article he'd done like movement or something like months or years later. He came up and he, he, he we were having a pint after he got out of intensive care in the pub. And he's just, he came up real, he's like, oh bro, I really want to thank you for, for that, man. Like, thanks very much. I was like, what's he talking about? You know, and then I read in an article he was like, you know, he was literally like going down the white tunnel. Like, 
<laughs> Jesus. And there's me talking to him about fucking all this crap, like, you know. That was keeping him fucking... And like, keeping him there, keeping him there. <laughs> That's, yeah. And then I'm having a pint with him fucking and six weeks later after he's in intensive care, pint to get us, man. Good for souls. And then a year later to the day, I broke my femur. Like, yeah. Um, literally so, one day off. Oh, that's that's crazy. So, just a, a quick one with with breaking your leg and breaking your femur. For anyone that doesn't know what happened, just give us a top line kind of kind of headline of what yeah. happened. There. Nothing too yeah. deep. Um, well, like you know, everyone says I broke my femur, but like I actually only found out recently from my roommate. Um, it takes six thousand pounds of pressure to break a femur. Yeah. Which is it's you know it's the hardest bone in the body to break and stuff. I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of what I did. Um, everyone was like, "Oh my god, you know, oh you're all right." And like you know, non-surfers were like, "Oh, you must be so scared," or you know. But I didn't go to a poor me mode. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I broke my femur. I'm I'm lucky to be alive." I mean, yeah. I surf these ways. I surf like eight foot rise. I, I know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah, I know it's dangerous. I, you know, I wasn't like unaware of this stuff yeah if you're unaware of it you shouldn't be out there you know that's, yeah exactly that's not what happened there you know yeah so so a question for you then is are you sick of talking about it yet no i haven't discussed it too much um a lovely guy did a podcast with me um uh with with his we look sideways thing and look, um, look inside us yeah i listened to that one yeah yeah and i i talked quite you know openly about that then um really come up a whole pile i've actually had like um interesting chats with andrew cotton about like post-traumatic stress disorder yeah and um like a lot of big wave surfers and stuff like that mike and there's actually this gp i was talking to talk about shaking surfer syndrome that's just my cat taking a piss ginger <laughs> sure. i think she's gone blind bro she's like she's like walking into shit as well but okay that's oh, shame. um so I don't, I don't really mind talking about it. What kind of happened was what I learned, right, rule number one, don't drive away from good waves. I was checking a spot in Clare, and I was like, oh, it looks pumping. I don't really know much about it, but, but it looks pretty pumping. I rang Matt Smith, or I rang one of the guys, Clem or whoever. I was like, oh, what's Riley's like? I knew he'd be big. I was pretty keen to surf big Riley's. And then I drove away from good waves. Oh man! No one out, and I was like, I don't know why. I cut the lads were there, and then, um, yeah, <laughs> it is a kind of a long story. There's some really, really funny parts in it as well, but I'll keep it brief. I basically got there. Um, I saw Matt Smith walking in. He's just like, "Not today, bro. It's not a day for me, anyways. Good luck." And I was like, "Oh yeah, whatever. Like, just good on." But the problem was, rise the high tide spot, and yeah. the tide was like just kind of peaked and then dropping and there's kind of a rule like you just get out two hours before or after you know and when i broke my leg i had stayed in probably two and a half hours oh just pushing oh. that envelope well no 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 not not at all it was um so i paddled out and there's mickey smith and fergal smith and i hadn't seen them in months and there's a few other people and we we're watching from the shoulder we're like, well, this isn't a day for surfing. It's like six, ten foot, pretty rogue. Wind's a bit like, you know, not a day for surfing. We knew, everyone knew that. And that was kind of, we were just chatting out there. Mickey has things. Fergal had just been um, 
in the political thing with the Green Party, he's like Mr. Save the Planet and all that. He, he actually got, he got asked to, to run as a in the local elections. I'm driving around to Clare, and there's like you know, Ferg's face, his big fucking schmig, and beard, <laughs> big hippie head, and like you know, all, all these fucking like you know, like Green Party. I was mad. It was, it was bizarre. So I was just catching up with the boys, and I was like, it's not really you know day for surfing. And then this little nug came in. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go on this one. And I kind of got like a heavy pit and kind of came out. I was like, oh, that was, that was kind of cool. I'm done. So I did a little check turn and was coming to the beach in Riley's. And there's a gully and it's a super gnarly, gnarly place. Because the cliffs are falling and stuff. And it's just, I've got some stories about that. It's just so gnarly. Um, current was so bad that I nosedived and got shot out the back again. I was actually riding in on the white road going, I'm done. I'm going to the beach. I'm going to ride this all the way to get in because it's kind of hard to get in and out, let's say, especially when it's that size. Yeah. I think I shot back out. I was a bit like, whoa, whoa, what happened there? That was pretty gnarly. Because if you go over near the gully where the right-hander is, you don't want to go over there. <laughs> End of story. End yeah. Story. Yeah. I've seen Ollie Flaherty crawl out on his hands and knees and just nearly give up surfing after. I don't ever want to go there, ever. Yeah. I just was like, I have to go back to the peak now. And I should have just paddled straight in. You know, yeah. I never really do that anyways. I always try and catch a wave in. Um, one more wave, then, mate. One more wave. Always. Always. <laughs> always. So I was chatting to this guy, um, Bad, Bad Leroy Brown. Really, really good. Uh, fully psychopathic um, Aussie stand-up charger. Loves the slabs. He stayed in my house previously. Um, just chatting. Told me a really, really funny story, but I can't repeat it because there might be children listening. <laughs> I'll tell you after, it's pretty funny. And then I just saw this wave come in. I was like, that's it. I'll just take off in this big one and I'll put, even though I just put into the clothes out, let's get washed up the reef. Yeah. So from him telling me a story, seeing this wave, I'm just going and going, and then I'm gone. And then when I committed, though, I was like, I just kind of realized, like, this is the biggest wave I've ever paddled at Riley's. And I was like, and things started to go aggressively like worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And then when I got down, it was like, it was going like, it, it, I knew the way. It, it, so just to explain, right? So at Riley's, you can get closeout ones, which come in like closeouts and go for them. Or you can, but you, you're not going to get out. It's closeout. Or there's like a big teepee ones. Which are the ones. Yeah. Then there's ones which kind of come off the reef, like from another little, like, little side like and they're like really heavy and like they're kind of interesting to, to ride and stuff and that had all this like energy over it. and i was like this is like pretty sick i thought and then but when i kind of committed to it i was like this is actually pretty much the biggest wave i've ever paddled right these and then it's going down like you know it, it bottomed out you know and i was like this tide's way too low uh, so like you know just feelings were getting worse and worse and worse and then so I got down it I noticed in the footage I didn't I, if I actually really really paddled I might have made it but I kind of just did a little I'm going like thing and got the view and all just pretty gnarly beautiful kind of wave um, and then just went like on my board away and like dive through I just started going up straight away 
you know I didn't go down at all I just started going up and then injuries slowed down and then I remember you know instantly thinking I'm going to hit the reef like there was no question in my mind that I was hitting the reef you're going to yeah. falls um, that was just a given then I got sucked up like kind of backwards and like the head first and I was like I remember thinking like no head first is not a good idea here it's definitely not you know gone ahead first I've hit my head off the bottom a few times this is definitely not a good idea and then on the way down I don't know what happened exactly but I did manage to do a cartwheel somehow and land feet first yeah I kind of remember just no water I don't remember like splashing I remember just literally landing on the reef so it probably fell about 12 feet or 15 feet or something I don't know if that broke my femur um, or not, but I do remember my right leg giving way and then kind of going over. But then things slowed down. I mentioned this in, in another podcast. I kind of felt that. Just, just time slowed down. And I remember, like, you know, when you get up for a really early air session, you yeah. get out of bed and it's like really yeah. cold and stuff. And you're just like, oh, five more minutes in bed, you know? You want yeah. to just pull the covers back over? I had that really weird feeling like you could go to sleep, you know? And then I went over really slowly. The wave hadn't hit me yet. I just landed on the reef and I was going over slowly. And I, when the wave hit me, I, I was kind of lying flat. And then I remember a really bad bang on my, my head and a white flash. And then the wave hit me and something really violent happened yeah. very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and then something was hitting me. My leg was broken at this stage. Yeah. So, once your femur's gone, the structure is totally gone. Your right leg, yeah. my right leg was like this meat. And your legs are actually quite heavy. I felt yeah. like it was a log or a seal or something was hitting me. And yeah. Anyways, yeah, I couldn't talk about that before, but... Um, There's a quote of yours that um, <laughs> I, I saw on, on a, like this rescue program where it, you said that you heard a xylophone playing in your head. <laughs> that's, that's true, but that didn't happen initially. But that is true. And that was really, really weird. I, I still can't get over that. Like it was like, but I was underwater and I was hearing stuff. You know, you don't usually hear stuff. No, it's actually, just, it's just like if you had a, a, if you had a skeleton, like you know, just a hundred year old skeleton that was like preserved, and you got like you know a little xylophone thing, you probably be able to play. It, it make musical notes like this is like an old school Mickey Mouse movie. Yeah, something like that. Like, yeah, <laughs> and I think that's what it was. I thought it was fairies or some weird shit was going on. It was kind of a weird experience anyways. But uh, I yeah. can't really explain that one. That's just my own personal... Like, I remember feeling my leg like rattling around the bottom and the bottom's ripply. Yeah. yeah. Like, like sand, but it was, it's, it's, it's soft limestone. But um, that didn't happen that time. That was just something really violent and really fast. And then I kind of popped up. Yeah. And I was like... I just checked my head straight away. I was like, oh, fuck. I hit my head so, like, I've hit my head a lot of times. I've bashed it, you know? Yeah. But that was definitely the hardest. I've hit my head off any other object. If I wasn't wearing a six mil hood, I definitely yeah. would have cracked my skull and be knocking conscious. Jesus. That is, it's yeah. a terrifying story. Do you, do you ever worry that it's kind of like, well, two questions in one here. Has it changed the way that you surf, Riley's? And, and do you ever worry that that is kind of like, will turn out to be your legacy that really bad wipeout at at that place well i don't really mind what my legacy is but it, it is like i am known for wipeouts 
<laughs> well, you called shambles. And, um, you know, I can't say it hasn't impacted my surfing since then. Um, and, you know, I do wish to come back from it. I do wish to keep body from from older and hopefully... No, it was just it was just a mad response online. I mean, you know, social media can be good and bad things or whatever. But um, I felt a lot of love. Uh, I yeah. felt a lot of um, you know, support and stuff. So, yeah. and then I got a lot of um, you know, I, I ended up going to Kev. Like, come on, roommate, Kev, come on to the podcast real quick. Yeah, everybody, come on, get everyone. <laughs> he's shy but he's fucking, he's an underground ripper he's that underground he probably won't even come on to the podcast he's got he's got so many secrets he's going to his grave <laughs> secret spots <laughs> next question please <laughs> so um irish bodyboarding what is what is we've chatted a little bit about it and you said that there's like stuff that you want to get sorted out but what does irish bodyboarding look like at the moment, who are, the, are they? Groms coming up. You've obviously um, mentioned Mihan and some of the guys. Um, I just think less said the better in, in many ways, in the sense like we're just children that refuse to grow up in a lot of ways. <laughs> and, and the same crew that like that 17, 18, 19 year olds with a couple of older guys, a couple of younger guys, it's essentially that exact same crew. And there's been, you know, I'm I'm about to become 36 next month. Um, not a spring chicken anymore. Um, but Groms, are like all oh, 25, 26, 27. So like they're still Groms. Yeah. In my mind. <laughs> and after that, there's nothing. Yeah. Um, well, there's a, there's a couple of kids from from Cork who kind of they're like in their early 20s and they they actually um absolutely rip. Um and it's like I think bodyboarders anywhere, anywhere, like no matter what country you're from, are like aberrations. They're just mutants. They didn't grow right. There's <laughs> something <laughs> wrong with them mentally. And uh, they all fit together as a like, little crew. Um, so, like, you, you're discussing whales, and I know Cornwall's got like, you know, heaps of surfing and heaps of bodyboarding, and it's probably well more developed. But in, in Ireland, you know, there is still only like a half dozen dozen bodyboarders, um, okay. you could say, uh, and we form a very tight crew. And part of our crew is not thoroughbred Irish, you know. We got like Portuguese, French, um, yeah. and so on. Like you know, we're a bit of a mongrel crew. We're tight. We're tight as anything. And the best thing I can say about it is, I think when I was growing up in Ireland, it was the best place on earth to go bodyboarding, as in the funnest and the ways we did. No, no, no aggro, no, not many crowds. Um, you know, people call Ireland empty and cold, and these words get thrown around a lot. But you know, I, I don't see it that empty anymore. You know, yeah. you can't get weights yourself and, and all that. But even though, even that being said, and you know, Mullock Moore as well is another huge part of I suppose Irish surfing. Will stop, yeah. and my personal journey in wave riding or bodyboarding but i remember a guy called will scudden came over do you know will no he's like a really 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 um nice chap from um new york long island and okay. he's got a um, really amazing surf surf school and, and and whole vibe over there with that with teaching kids and stuff and he's a total hell man like legit hell man 
um, his brother Cliff. His brother Cliff is a really good quote about big wave surfing, what I'd love to share. And it's like, uh, I read it in a magazine somewhere. It says, are no atheists in the impact zone. There are no? There are no atheists in the impact zone. <laughs> you know, I don't care if you're Hindu, Greek, fucking Jew, Gentile, whatever. Fucking surebred pro- atheist. We're not 12-foot set or not 20-foot set or whatever they're talking about. Everyone's yeah. doing this, man. You're praying yeah. to somebody. Oh, better safe than sorry, bro. You know, it's just a funny quote, but... Um, you know, Will is a really, really nice chap. He's got the good etiquette and he, he teaches kids. So he kind of has to, just the person I really respect because I've seen him do some ridiculous stuff surfing and he's always been a nice chap. But basically, sorry, what I'm trying to say is um, kind of just turned around to me in the water at Mullock Morning. He goes, Sham, I just don't think you realize how lucky you guys have it. And I'm like, well, like, you know, it's kind of crowded today. But it's like, there's 12 people out yeah <laughs> it's not a crowd you should come and yeah. check out Mavericks one day and, or, or something like that and essentially what he's trying to say is just like you know what you guys have here okay can't get crowded sometimes sometimes the more there's no one to out with so it comes both ways just in the water you know there's a lot of friendly vibes a lot of conversation just a lot of hey haven't seen you in a while and um, at a Riley's Riley's was, wasn't discovered by an Irishman yeah Covered by a Cornishman, and yeah, Mickey. Very unique, yeah, a very unique laugh, very unique. You know, he's an artist, bit of a soul surfer, you could say. Um, not really into his competitions, essentially, or whatever. And he really brought that vibe to Riley's, and it, it, to this day, it still exists. And for me, yeah. that is the most important thing about Riley's. And then, yeah. obviously, the wave is quite quite nice as well. Most of the time, she can be cruel, she can be kind. Yeah, um, you know it's the vibe, and, and then actually I'd like to go back and, and talk about my accent a little bit because um, I'd like, I really would like people to know, um, you know, as a as a surfer, as a waterman uh, or a water woman or whatever you want to call it, like you know, safety is something we always look out for. We always look out for each other. Yeah, and that day the people look out for me was Bad, Bad Leroy Brown, Mickey Smith, and Fergal Smith. Fergal pretty much saved my life. Yeah, so I got washed in and. He was wetted half down and he was like looking at me and he kind of saw I gave him, he didn't know my leg was broken, but um, I only found out about 10 seconds earlier. <laughs> and um, no, he was like, well, I put my wetted up, well, I put, put it back on, it's cold, I'm going to be diving in the water, or will I just run down now? And in that instant, he just said, I'm going to run down right now. And he got me in time and dragged me in before I would have got back out into the lineup. Oh, pain. <laughs> and trouble yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, um, that would have been. Then, I imagine would have been serious trouble. Being oh yeah, yeah I was grabbing onto the reef like this, like just like waiting for the next wave to wash me in. But like I told you that story about when I was trying to get the white water in and it just shot me out. That's the current yeah. story. The next wave could have just got me, me a little one eighty and just drive me straight back at the sea. Well, that didn't happen. Five minutes later, I'm lying on the ground, and. Um, you know, the pain didn't really kick in until, you know, I kind of got rescued and I was on the rocks. Um, yeah. You know, and it wasn't as bad as thought it would be, but like, yeah, I, I won't count lines say there was no pain. I had Ferguson to my left and I had Mickey Smith to my right and they're both grabbing my hands and we we're just like chill as fuck. <laughs> Excuse me. Chill as anything. And, um, you know, we're just like, dude, it's all good. Like, I do pops on the way all good vibes, you know, it's just banter. And so those guys, good vibrations and that kind of 
positivity. It, it actually, from there, it lasted six months to like, well, I would say a pretty good recovery. Like I did, didn't do maybe all the physio I should have done. Um, had I had to sink a few pints of Guinness to get over my wounds. But, um, <laughs> you know, I did, I, you know, a lot of people who break their femurs aren't as lucky as I am. Yeah. You know? Yeah, could have, could, I mean, that's a lot, could essentially be a, a life-changing injury, but... um. I was. It was definitely a life-changing injury and um, for a lot of different ways, but maybe not the ways people would, would think. Fit, yeah, first think. Yeah. I look back now, um, and obviously I'm like, well, we shouldn't go for that wave. <laughs> and I wish I didn't. Like, you asked me if I that changed my, my thing with Riley's, and it didn't in the sense that I was like, I stayed out too long. The tide got too low. I made it. A, a, yeah. I won't make that error again. Yeah, that mistake again. You know, I surfed the wave to the best of my ability within the bounds of safety, and that didn't yeah. change. But just, you know, one mistake, you know, to the boss, yeah. It's it, it's a, that old saying, and, and big wave riders are do say it, and they say that like, it, they're oh. waves of consequence. That they, they are, they're not just, uh, and I mean, every time we enter the water, there is a level of risk. It just, it's a sliding scale kind of mm take everything into account you have some risk but once you get to a certain point once you get to a certain point that risk level of risk versus um kind of competence you've got to really really be on your on your game and it is one little mistake yeah and i do speak very positively about the whole experience because it's just it's good to um i actually want to refer just back quickly to i i I was talking to andrew cotton recently i'm going to try and interview him about his crazy life and his like you know, I'm known for a bit of a, you know, hell man. Andrew Cotton. Different level. Uh, like, you know, he probably looks at what I do on a, on a slabby wave. He's like, you're crazy. But like, Andrew Cotton, hats off. And Tom Lowe, you know, and these guys, I, I just hats off to them. But when Andrew had his wife about Nazareth and he broke his back, um, he talked about Garrett McNamara's wife. And who incidentally is when I went to Hawaii, I ended up staying in Gart McMahon's house. <laughs> he was in Portugal recovering from his broken shoulder. So is there anybody's house that you haven't stayed at? <laughs> no, no, I haven't done much traveling at all. I'm, 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 I can't wait to, to, you know, go to finish and get some air miles um, if we can afford it. If no one's broke from the economic crash that's coming. Yeah. Anyways, um, but she spoke about very wise and she she was really good to me when I was over there because I, I was still rehabbing from my injury at that pipe event and she sent me to like a Lomu Lomu massage it's kind of like a Hawaiian kind of massage shamanism thing it's quite cool Andrew was like he told Andrew oh everyone's talking about your broken back your broken back you're saying oh my broken back you know and on the phone or interviews yeah, yeah. he goes you just speak about your healing back you know, I was like, wow. wow. That's so true. Like, it's only broken from the instant it's broken. From then on. It's healing. It's, it's healing. And you should Gee, speak about is, healing, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's huh? a f- flip that on his head. Like, just get your mindset right about it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and I've tried to be positive about it, but the one thing I'd like to share now with you, I don't think I've actually spoken about this before, but I think I was 31 or 32. Um, when you get older, your memory gets so bad, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was, I was the wrong side of 30, wasn't I? Um, but I was fit and healthy. And I remember like 
at that time, it was March, it was coming at the end of a long, crazy winter. I was surfing good and I was just like, I was really like in my mind, like, you know, I really want to just like really focus on it and push it out a little bit. Um, I kind of was keeping it to my safety zones in a lot of, lot of ways and a lot of, lot of places and stuff. And then that happened. It was a huge um, step back in terms of physical, you know, blah, blah, blah. but um, I ended up like starting a load of physio and different practices recover so i reckon in a few years my posture could be better than it ever was before because of all the things i've learned from my injury ah. so there again it just I was a little bit bummed because i was like at that point in time maybe too gung-ho obviously um i was like let's have it like i, I just really want yeah. i had to be like well this is the other thing i'd like to share as well which is you know, really, really clever thing that Nicole was saying, but I was like, you know, a 31 year old guy. I was just kind of getting to my feet with regards to surf school and uh, various different things in life. And then I'd say, Hey, I'm injured. I'm a patient. I, I have to get like, you know, I had to learn to walk again. I had to, my mom and dad had to come over and, you know, have me out of bed and, you know, or whatever. Like my girlfriend was there, had me out, blah, blah, extra fun. <laughs> um, but, you know, you had to have that ego thing of like, I am like a baby again. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of a tough thing for a lot of people, maybe a lot of men. It was something from the very beginning. I was like, you know what, man? You just got to accept that. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. And that's, that, right. that, that's what happened, you know? And then I, I've, whatever happened, like, you know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm fine, but like, um, okay. <laughs> I think yeah. Okay. I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. So, Take okay, yeah. And I actually had quite that. a few accents since then as well. I got some learning situations since then, so I was like, "I'm back, <laughs> I'm back." <laughs> Chalk them up. Back in the big world. <laughs> Your relationship with science has been relatively long term. You've been involved with science sports for a while. Are they, yeah, you still still sponsored by them currently, or? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I kind of we're talking a bit earlier. Um, Science is a company that has to survive and thrive. You know, yeah. if it doesn't, you know, something seriously wrong with the industry. You know, body work is yeah. not supporting what should be supported. Like, you know, and we have, like, Imanol has, having pride, uh, you know, these, these, um, these companies are going to two decades old now. And um, they've been through thick and thin. They've been through every, you know, Mike has had Alexander Rinder and da, 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 like all these guys brought them up from, nowhere because came from somewhere but like he kind of and then they jump ship to other companies and all this kind of stuff and you know, it's great seeing other body work companies come on the scene but like you know these right science these you know companies have been through a lot and yeah. um you know it's actually there, there's this board here behind me it's the ben severson design so he's actually like still working with ben he's a very high yeah. level coach in hawaii Mike's original plan was just to make the best boards on the planet. Yeah. Sponsor himself. You know? Yeah. And like, you know, unfortunately he didn't have like budget to be sending me around the world uh, first class or all these like wave locations or whatever. Um, but not that I needed it. I was like, you know, I, I grew up on waves from hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's free. You know, I got to meet the freak, you know? 
Yeah. Um, like he came to my house, we, you know, Dylan Stock, another, another legend, brought us to his house for dinner. You know, these kind of things were like, I don't know what dreams are made of and stuff. And then I run a surf school now with a, 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 a good bodyboard element. It's not like, you know, it's not a 50%, 50-50 thing. It's more like 90-10%, you know, because, okay. you, you know, most people just want to go surfing or whatever. Um, we stock all signs range um, from kind of 36, 38, you know, whole range. We've got, um, you know, the flippers. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much repping them in the country. I'm growing a grassroots, you know, Grom, Grom thing happening and like and older guys come and getting good equipment because the equipment's available. I'm I'm helping to grow bodyboarding here. And that's all true. Um Mike. You know, and actually okay. it's a funny story how I got got sponsored by him as well. Also Matt Daniels. So Matt Daniels been running Daniel Surf for his his at Steve Daniels. Um it's a generational type of thing. Um, you know, big up to them. Like, you know, Mike is the main man. But yeah. that's the guy I deal with on on a weekly basis, and um, I've actually got really exciting plans. I'm, I'm setting up an um, online store. I'm going to hopefully search up at some stage. You know, things are going really well. Um, in that sense, um, what's been happening is ever since I was a young person, people were asking me like, "Shambles, working at Body War, working at Fins," and I'd be like, "Oh, you know, good today." So Dave heard from Body War HQ was very good as well. You might know him. Um, yeah, yeah. To the store, that store, and. Um, What's happening, Chris? I get one person a bodyboard. I go through all. Okay, Matt. Like, da, 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 da. I sell a second-hand one. I've got about a hundred bodyboards now. Um, and that's grand. Okay, that person's got a bodyboard. Cool. You know, just want to get a bodyboard to someone. They want it. I'm going to get it for them, and they're going to get a really, really good one. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're actually doing doing pretty good on price too. But then a couple of months later, that guy's like, oh, my two friends saw me out. And then, like, you know, they tried it. It was real fun. Like, okay, okay, okay. I'll get these two guy bodyboards or girls or whatever. And, like, that's, a, you know, a couple months later, and four people come back to me. Oh, my friend. It's just like it's, the virus continues, you know? Yeah, well, it's organic growth, but but there's no – there's nothing – you're not getting anything back for it other than contributing to the sport. So. Well, I, I've always done it like that. Like, you know, um, I'm getting a lot of support from Mike. And, yeah. you know, I don't know who who said it or where I heard it said, or, or, or maybe it was Mike or me. I can't remember exactly which pro said it, but like a lot of people get sponsored and sit yeah. back and relax. I'm like, well, where's my, you know, where's my plane ticket to Hawaii? Or, you know, where's, where, you know, what's in it for me? And, you know, there's a lot to be said about bodyboarding and sponsorship and finance. You know, basically, all anyone's problems will be solved. But all bodyboarding's problems will be solved with major cash injection. That's just basic. Yeah. But like, I um, someone said to me, like, you know, you should really work for it. Like, you should really if you're getting something from someone. You should put something back. And that was me trying to put back because okay. I was like, you know, to be honest, like, they just gave me the stuff and like. No, I don't go down to the beach ringing a photographer saying, get down to the beach. I'm going down to the beach yeah. and ripping my, my 360 spins. Wait, you see, I'm going to be on the cover of the magazine next week. Never been like that for me. I've actually almost avoided cameras, um, not even intentionally. It just happens, just, you know, apart from when, they, you know, that, that photo of Mickey took of yeah. that clothes out of Pampa was, was pretty rad because it was the first time I'd see myself, you know, photograph of that. Yeah. So I wasn't doing a lot of social media. I wasn't, you know, maybe 
you know, I was very lucky with 360 and a few other mags, you know, all that stuff was always like immaterial. But, um, you know, I wasn't really doing that much for them. Like, you know, I was just surfing my ass off and creasing their boards and asking them for like loads of new ones because like <laughs> uh, we're really going through a lot of like, leashes and boards and stuff and, and stuff. And then ripping up your wetsuits every four or five surfs. So, you know, that was pretty vital. Like, you know, from about 2014, 2015, when, when it started with science and then Matt, you know, it felt good on the beach with like all the good wetsuits, like really good winter wetsuits, the proper gloves, the decent, you know, all the gear you need. You need to have your equipment kind of dialed. And that just, you know, and like the science boards, like, you know, there might be, you know, some guy is making a better board, but like it's only like, a little bit better just so solid like and i, I was yeah. always confused with like templates and size and cores and it was all some other people are, are talented at that you know i was just like if it's good board that uh, i'm sorted i didn't I could trust the science boards yeah i could just trust them actually what's happened now recently is i got into the tanner okay so i was going to ask you what, what are you writing now oh yeah the tanner yeah. Tanner, yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, there's all like sorts of other boards, like torsional stringers and stuff. I think they'd be too stiff for Ireland. I used to write PE a lot. Okay. And um, that was just, you know, a 41 inch launch was just like, what more can you ask for? And PE was like, I'm in a cold water country. Every magazine I've ever read has told me PE, yeah. PE is the way to go. And then I have to have PE boards for traveling. Yeah, you bring your old knackered e-board. It, it worked well in December, January. You know, Riley's whatever. A few creases in her. Um, <laughs> you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Anyways, and then I met Tanner McDonald's and I saw him surf. And you know, I've seen all the guys, all the best guys surf. There's total freak. Ian Campbell's total freak. Jason's total freak. Bob is a freak of a freak of a freak. Then you have Tanner. I've kind of run out of words to describe him because, yeah. you know, when you when I follow the tour and there's that competitive thing at heat, like, you know, it's gone onshore, you know, swells just increased or decreased. You know, what are you going to do? Who's going to be the, who is the best in all conditions, in all things? And, you know, Mike's obviously taken down under, under, under his wing. Mike yeah. just doesn't do that for no reason. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to use the freak word again. The kid is a freak of nature yeah. on a yeah. body wood. You know, and I've yeah. seen, like, you know, I've seen, you've seen the clips and stuff with all edit, but, like, to see him stay in the air, just going, I want to do that in the body word. And <laughs> it just makes everything, everything perfect, look good, everything. Anyways, he's only kind of, you know, he's, he's growing, growing man now, but, you know, he was only kind of back then. He, he started to 41.75. Okay. The board only came in, in, in that. And I was like, what's, you know, and I'm a bit older, maybe a bit heavier, or I don't know, I really know. And I was just like, I, I got it for going to the Canaries, and then I kind of use it back in Ireland. And I was just like, how come I'm landing so much more stuff? How come I'm making so many more rounds? Like, how come my surfing's got so much better? Yeah. I mean, I'm not even training anymore. I'm just like, you <laughs> the odd stretch before you get in the water, you know what I'm saying, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Old, old peg leg you know um but i just put it down to that shape and like i mean there's lots i mean there's so many good what, boards in the market 
what core is it that you're running? It was PP. It's PP in the cold water. So now I'm, you know, I don't mean to, not not this any bores or any PP, like the launch 41 inch PE, maybe 41.5 now. And I've often thought if you're wearing a wetsuit and a thermal rash vest and formal socks, and you know, yeah. you're adding, you, know, you have to have summer and winter kind of setups and stuff. You know, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you don't even want to know what size board I ride now. Oh, tell me. <laughs> it's nearly as big as your Kim behind you. Oh, 47-inch, bro. Oh, you got a lot to live up before. Yeah, yeah I'm a 44 just on a, on a warm day. Yeah, well, like, so just basically the tanner is just, you know, each year they kind of come out. It's always nice to get the new ones. But I'm surfing a PP now in Ireland. It is nice to have it worn in. Yeah, you know, when they're yeah. a bit fresh, they can be a bit stiff. Bit uh, stiff other yeah. PP boards in the same range, I don't know if like there's the different cores and stuff, and there is actually some price in the in, by core, like, you know, a lot of the core quality, yeah. Gone and yeah, but I just can't praise the tanner enough. What it's done, <laughs> I I just think you know PP boards are, are there's something about them, you know, there's something about them. They've just got some sort of recoil that you know. Oh, I don't know. Like, there's, there's still P boards out there, but I'm, I did it for years, man, eight years on P yeah. boards religiously because I thought you shouldn't surf a PP in Ireland. Shouldn't surf them. Yeah, I've just moved across to an NRG, which is that B. Oh that, yeah, well I can't get them. They're hard to get. And they're hard to get over there. Yeah. Each one I've kind of either crash, lost, or sold, or sold on me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, my watch well. around here because the guys like Kev, those guys, you turn around, your board will be gone. <laughs> oh, <no, man. laughs> yeah you gotta watch around here man it's, this is wild west over here <laughs> <laughs> cool well i think that's probably a, a cool place to to wrap that up Seamus Shamels McGoldrick, thank you so much for an excellent chat. I really hope we get to do it again one day. No atheists in the impact zone. Powerful words, bro. If you enjoyed that podcast, there are many more to come. We have some awesome guests lined up, including Tracy Evanger, the UKBA, Robbie Berman, and more. This episode was brought to you by Thunderbomb Surf Camps. Use discount code SLAB23 to get 10% off your stay. Follow at Slab Bodyboarding on Instagram for almost daily book stuff. Tag your mates if you dig the content. Check out the link in the bio for Slab Body Money merch. There's some really cool stuff on there. Thank you so much for listening. You.